0: Me and Chandi are both really big on coffee. She has her pour-over thingy, and I have an espresso machine. But I also am really, really into tea. Like, I love tea. If you are also into tea, you need to check out Sip Tea Shop. Drinking tea can be a full mind, body, and spiritual experience that surely helps me unwind after a long, stressful day. With a variety of different herbal notes and flavors, Sip Tea Shop has a tea for everyone. For instance, take my personal favorite, the Unwind, which has chamomile, lavender, and has a great aroma of fresh roses. It really helps you to relax at the end of a long day. To find out more about their great collection of teas, go to thesipteashop.com. That's T H E sipteashop.com. Also check out their Instagram at instagram.com slash sip underscore That's s-i-p underscore t-e-a-s-h-o-p. Hey, welcome to Bound by the Cloak, mini-sode six. This mini-sode is basically going to be an extended interview with Mandy Shepp from our Lilydale episode. So without further ado, let's get into it.
1: Thank you so much for being on the show today.
2: Well, thank you. I'm happy to be here. Mandy, could you tell us what Lilydale is? Sure. Uh, Lilydale is a spiritualist community. uh, So it's kind of unique in that regard. Uh, It's a community where, in order to live there, you have to be a spiritualist. Um, It is the, I believe, longest running in the United States, and it's one of the oldest as well.
0: How did you come to be involved with Lilydale?
2: Uh, So for almost five years, I worked there as their library director and sole librarian. Uh, I was the first professional like MLS holding librarian to work there uh, since the library was founded in 1881.
0: And are you yourself a spiritualist or no? Uh,
2: I am not. Um, Funnily enough, I actually came there from... Uh, my previous job at the Center for Inquiry Libraries, which is a free thought and secular humanist organization, uh, so I kind of came in from the opposite side of things, um, which made for kind of an interesting introduction. Oh my God, I am so sorry, my stupid. <laughs>
1: it's, okay. <laughs> it's okay. That's funny. Is, is it the Norwegian
2: forest? Yes, forest? yes. <laughs> my my beautiful big boy that loves Zoom meetings. So the the camera would be mostly cat right now.
1: Um. Big Boy, that's a burger chain in Michigan,
2: actually. (laughs) What? What? It's called Big Boy?
1: Yeah. Oh, man. So 1881, that's not old at all.
2: Uh, So the library was founded by Marion Skidmore, who was one of the town founders. uh, And really, her and her husband were the ones that kind of expanded Lilydale into a year-round place for people to live instead of just a summertime destination. Um, So part of what she did was when they had lecturers and authors coming to visit to kind of take part in the programming or to give lectures or talk about their new writings, uh, she would have them donate their books to the reading room there. Eventually that grew into a full library that took up the top floor of a building. And eventually that outgrew its space. So in 1923, they built a dedicated library building, which is the only brick building in Lilydale and, um, uh, that is still where the library lives to this day. Um, as far as technical specs of it, um, the library has over 10,000 volumes. Uh, it is solely dedicated to spiritualism as a specialized research library. I created over 20 specialized collections that are basically genre and typified and faceted. Uh, and there are about half of the collection is rare books and half of it is um, n- not rare books. <laughs> So, can you tell us about the beginnings of Lilydale? Uh, certainly. Uh, so, Lilydale really began in the 1850s. Uh, so, about 1855, uh, there's this group in the next town over called the Religious Society of Freethinkers. Uh, so, they're from Leona, and one of the folks involved was Marion's father. Uh, he took part in the free thought lectures that would kind of take place in Chautauqua County and throughout this area. Uh, so in Leona, we have the Free Thought Association. Um, in December 1855, the Society of Freethinkers changed their name to the Leona Free Association. Uh, free Thought for the uninitiated is a movement that kind of... Um, urges that knowledge should really be brought on by uh, science, experience, and reason uh, as opposed to tradition, religion, or authority. Uh, So it's more of a, you know, screw around and find out kind of deal as opposed to do this because someone told you so. Uh, So of this society, there are two important members, uh, a Jeremiah Carter and a Willard Alden. They were very interested in spiritualism. Uh, So where kind of Lilydale sits physically uh, is adjacent to where they started to hold these spiritualist picnics. Uh, they're meant for recreation, but basically anybody's welcome. Uh, so this is on Alden's land. Um, so they're having these things, these spiritualist picnics once a summer, twice a summer. They're starting to become a more regular event. Uh, Weekends start to turn into weeks, start to turn into months, um, and pretty much you've got the whole summer dedicated to this. Uh, And that was really when people started thinking about making this into a permanent place to live. So in 1879, uh, that is when the association held their meeting to determine uh, to create a town and a corporate body and purchasing this land. Uh, So they called it the Casadega Lake Free Association, and that's essentially the beginning of Lilydale.
1: So it seems like it's uh, in an interesting
2: position in New York, right? We are in an interesting place. Uh, We are right near Lake Erie. Uh, We're also very close to Canada. Uh, So there is a lot of transcontinental ideas happening and um, international thought exchange taking place at in a pretty easy way, honestly. Uh, so then our proximity to Buffalo as well. We've got major cities. Um, there was a lot more like industry kind of happening out here. We're a big steel town in Dunkirk as well. Uh, so really there's there's quite a lot going on and a lot of people traveling through at various times.
0: So what kind of people would gravitate
2: towards Lilydale at this time? Uh, so... You have a lot of people that are interested in this religion because there are, you know, answers that Calvinism and like traditional Christian thinking at the time didn't really provide. Uh, Let's also not forget like spiritualism is broadly appealing um, because of its openness. Um, There are basically a, a small set of depending on which branch you follow nine or 12 like rules uh, the most important of which is the golden rule of treat others as you would like to be treated. Uh, so there's not really this um, same religious structure as there is in a lot of traditional religion. And some people found that kind of appealing. Uh, let's not forget, America is a very young country at the time. It's only 100 years old. Uh, so it's still kind of figuring out its identity and what it, what it means to be an American. And kind of at that time, really, the the best you could be to be an American was not British. <laughs> uh, so it, breaking from these very British traditions and these, uh, you know, highly traditional fields of knowledge and this sort of passing down of tradition and, and fancy, um, you know, past glorifications—that's uh, not really the thing in spiritualist culture or in this. Um, particular place and time of the burnt over district. Uh, You also uh, have another big thing that's driving a lot of people towards spiritualism, and that is the American Civil War. Uh, So you have people dying at a phenomenal rate that they have never been dying at before uh, in the history of our country. Uh, So you really get a lot of people that have this sudden mass amount of death in their lives you know their brothers, their sons, their fathers and they don't really know how to cope with that. Um, and traditional religion is really not offering them what they need to assuage their grief. So here comes spiritualism that has this beautiful notion that the soul carries on and there's a life after this one and we can see it and we can in you know partake in it. We can still talk to our loved ones after, they're not here anymore. And that is vastly appealing to a humongous number of people.
1: Yeah. I mean, I can see that with the amount of death that was happening then. Just curious. So with Lilydale and spiritualism being put in the spotlight, how did people come to know about it? How was information passed around across the country about Lilydale?
2: So there were um, a number of ways that spiritualists could really communicate with each other. Uh, a lot of them would go on lecture tours. This is also the height of like the the oratory time where people would go on lecture tours and lecture about various things for a long time. And that was an evening's entertainment. Uh, a, a big popular orator at the time was freethinker Robert Ingersoll, uh, who was kind of the um i guess unofficial founder of organized atheism basically <laughs> uh but he would go on these lecture tours and some of his lectures are 2-3 hours long and that sounds absolutely bananas by today's standards but back then that was that was a fine evening to go watch this man heave on and on for hours on end about the same topic
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah i would not do well
2: then yeah um So you you have lecture circuits. You also have um, people doing um, a lot of these spiritualists are independent authors. Uh, So a lot of them publish spiritualist philosophy or their experiences and their accounts that they've seen. Um, Usually um, private press or this is also an era where there are a lot of pamphlets and tracts uh, and um, like magazine culture, newspaper culture is just starting to really take off. So you have a huge deluge of spiritualist newspapers and periodicals at the time that are widely distributed. Um, And they really relay news of camps like Lilydale all over the country and what events are taking place, who is giving lectures, what sort of mediums you can find there over the summer, how can you rent a cabin, blah, blah, blah. Uh, So it was really like a religious um newspaper with like a huge tourism bent to it (laughs) um and then of course you have you know your your seances that are becoming increasingly popular in homes across america at the time too
0: how does lilydale fit into that overall timeline of spiritualism
2: so spiritualism itself uh to kind of give a start to this timeline is founded in march of eighteen forty-eight. Uh, in Rochester, New York, so about two hours away from where Dale is right now. Uh, so news is starting to travel pretty fast, um, and it gets out to Chautauqua County, where people are already interested in social movements and changing things. There's um, a big suffrage movement happening in Fredonia at the time, and there's a pretty big marriage of suffrage and spiritualism as well. Uh, so Lilydale really fits in by being in a geographically like convenient county where there's a lot of transitive ideas and transitive people. Uh, and it's also really philosophically open to this sort of thinking and this sort of idea. Um, a lot of very like-minded people are building this rural community that's a very unique and interesting place. And a lot of other towns nearby are doing similar things.
1: And why do you think there is that overlap of the suffrage movement and spiritualism? One's religion and one's a social, so one's a religion and one's a social justice movement. So just curious as to the
2: commonalities. So, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's a lot of ties between uh, spiritualism and suffrage movement. Um, A lot of it is, um, well, for one part, women are really the the religious head of their household. Uh, so it's they're the ones that are doing the emotional labor of doing prayers and tithing and attending services and making sure all the social graces are handled, taking the family to church, uh, writing thank you letters, doing the charity work. So that's that's her thing. Um, and in spiritualism, you have this very unique feature of there are a lot of female ministers. And this is one of the only religions that is doing this at the time. Uh, you also see a lot of female lecturers. Um, and that's unusual for the time, to, to let a woman go up in front of a crowd of people and speak her mind? <gasps> How could we? So it's 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 one of those kind of things of um, you're, you're really giving, um, Women at the time, this avenue into agency uh, through religious adherence. So they are participating in this religion that puts them on equal footing to men and really kind of lifts them up and encourages them to develop their spirituality uh, and develop themselves and develop their intelligence and, you know, read and philosophize and uh, really. You know, become independent people. Uh, so that's that's an incredibly appealing thing at the time, too.
1: <laughs> I mean, that's awesome.
2: Go, women. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so really, you had um, this whole culture tied around that. Like there was a saying at the time of "weak in body, strong in spirit," uh, which was an, an attestation to like how culture really saw the spirituality or innate spirituality of women. Uh, because they're you know these emotional creatures, they have these higher levels of connectivity to the divine. so of course, they can talk to ghosts super easily, right?
0: <laughs> what <laughs> <laughs> i I'm curious i we you know, we talked to um a psychic medium who lives uh, in lilydale, um and she she mentioned susan b anthony um. Mm-hmm
2: speaking in Lilydale. yeah so Susan B Anthony uh befriended Marion Skidmore uh who is the library founder um and they they actually met on a train ride from Ohio and kind of had this conversation uh about you know how about we do something for for women we have all these lovely things um so like a common idea of of these camp towns at the time was they would have various theme weeks where they would their lectures and their philosophies and activities would really focus on a particular topic. Uh, so you have you know the children's week, which still exists today. It still goes on every single year. Uh, there is like a mediums week. there are a few other themed weeks, but then there was this this woman's day and a woman's week. Uh, which really encouraged uh, suffrage speakers to come and talk to spiritualists because spiritualists were already incredibly supportive of suffrage philosophies and suffrage activities. Uh, So you have a lot of mediums that are also suffragists um, and really they just serve to like lift each other up and support each other. Susan B. Anthony first appeared at Lilydale in 1891. That was her first lecture. Uh, she spoke to a crowd of almost 3,000 people packed into their auditorium, um, which it's a pretty big space. Uh, 3,000 people would be an impressive feat. Uh, I'm sure that they were packed uh, a few rows deep outside the building and kind of smushed against it. Uh, you can still do that. It's It's built in a very interesting way where you can have like flanks of onlookers <laughs> Probably against um, fire code, but. Oh, for sure. I, I guarantee that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so you had her come back and she absolutely loved it. She couldn't believe the support she had. She wrote all about it in her suffragette newspapers. Um, to like, you know, hey, y'all come speak at Lilydale because they they're into it. They support us and you should really, you know, take it, take spiritualism seriously as an ally. And a lot of these women did. So you had Elizabeth Cady Stanton come and speak after that. Um, Susan B. Anthony continued to speak at Lilydale until her death, basically. Uh, She missed one year uh, because she was away at the National Suffrage Association Conference in DC. So she sent her sister in her place. Um, But uh, Marion Skidmore herself and a number of the early uh, Lilydale members and mediums were uh, members of local political equality clubs, which were like a nicely disguised way of doing heavy suffrage activity and um, advancing the political cause for women. Uh, So they had these all over these small towns, and that's kind of where women got together and organized themselves. It's kind of cool that how much of a platform it, it, it was for feminism. Oh, for sure! Like it's it's fascinating, and that's kind of still carried on. Um, They they continue to have Women's Day uh, to this day. Uh, That's an annual event that happens. Uh, However, for a short time from like the seventies through the nineties, it became Women's Empowerment Weekend for that uh, awesome second wave feminism. There,
1: (laughs) so it wasn't just a day; it
2: became a weekend. For Uh, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, um, well, it became a weekend. Uh, usually there are, it's, it's an unofficial week. There are a lot of activities that lead up to it and surround it. But the woman's day is the big final celebration. Um, everybody gets really into it. Even today, they decorate their houses. Um, they, they buy a lot of buntings in gold, yellow or wow. gold, purple and white, uh, which are the suffrage colors. So they decorate the town basically, Uh, and they still do like Victorian dinners where they dress up in in Victorian clothes and outfits and do uh, old Victorian mediumship methods. It's it's really fun. That's cool. So something for
0: people to check out for sure.
2: Oh yeah, it's it's a nice um, a nice throwback to like a historical tradition that's been going there for a very long time, and it's um, it's it's very cool to see that. you know, come to life. when is Woman's Day? Generally, it's in August,
1: okay. I'm gonna say that again because I think how I pronounce woman and women is very <laughs> <laughs> I just found this out. I'm just gonna blame it on my Michigander accent, but I'm I, just you saying can't
0: blame. I have family from Michigan. They don't say they don't do that. Ugh, whatever. It's a you thing. When- <laughs> When is Women's
2: Day? Uh, Women's Day is usually in August.
0: No, it's that's cool that it's in August because they're they're what they call the season. I don't I don't know what else to call it, but I think we've just been calling it the season. Um, starts towards the end of June, right?
2: Yeah, so that that is correct. Uh, if if you are a local, it is the season or just season. Uh, but what that refers to is the length of what is traditionally a camp town season uh so y'all, y'all live near asbury park and you have that that lovely beautiful town there that has yes. like a summer season yes. uh it's the same sort of deal where they start exactly. towards the the end of summer in june ish and then um it, by like september it, it all wraps up and they roll up the sidewalks and shut down all the stores and uh okay so yeah and pretty, it's, pretty typical for like jersey
0: shore kind of
2: Thing yeah. Too. yeah yeah okay. it's it, it very much aligns with like summer tourism uh we're about a half an hour away from chautauqua institution uh so it's a very similar setup of just it's summertime they're all coming oh no
0: <laughs> and we call them bennies i don't know what they call them over there but
2: ah <laughs> uh, well in, in chautauqua they, they'd be lake people lake people oh okay Oh yes, because they're there for the lake.
0: <laughs> nice. It sounds it sounds better than Benny's, I guess. I,
2: I think it also sounds a little bit better than Institute
0: people. That it, you know what it does. That <laughs> doesn't, doesn't sound nice right.
2: Than... <laughs> <laughs> that, that sounds um, n- n- not
0: good. No, it sounds like <laughs> something that happened in the seventies. Chandi knows what I'm talking about.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh yes, yeah, Deinstitute Institute deinstitutionalization oh you got it now perfect you got it (sighs) (laughs) (laughs) yeah apparently they did that a lot in the 70s oh Oh, yeah the
0: 70s too but that was like a yeah
1: you know we were talking about different things about lily dale being fascinating but what do you think is the most interesting thing you've learned about lily dale that you would like people to know
2: So there are some hidden gems in Lilydale. if um, religion is not exactly your bag, but it's a beautiful place to visit. Uh, They have an old pet cemetery. Uh, It is one of the older ones in the country. Um, It is Victorian era. They started it with the town. Uh, So there are a century and a half of of pets there are two horses buried in there um and the gravestones are absolutely beautiful um but there are no people there is not a people cemetery you will not find one in lilydale that's not how it works sorry (laughs) what uh yeah no no the cemetery is only for pets not people (laughs) but there isn't a Uh human cemetery in lilydale oh no no, no. Um, most of the founders are actually buried in the Pioneer Cemetery in Fredonia, Leona. OK. Um, so but it's kind of interesting. There was a cultural shift um, throughout the last, you know, couple hundred years or so <laughs> um, where they used to be buried. And now the, the thing is to get cremated. Um, that's that's the, the normal spiritualist funeral practice from what I understand. Oh. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Kind of, kind of made a shift. (laughs) That's a
0: very big shift. I mean, people are doing it now. It's just, it's one of those things. Like my family is. We have like we've had a like very few like relatives that wanted to be cremated, and then like whenever we see that that was their request, we're like, oh, well, that's new. So yeah, I mean, people are definitely doing that now.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. My um. That was the arrangement for both of my grandparents, and they are both staunch Catholics. And we were all like, "What? Seriously? I, <laughs> that, like it shocked like, me that idea. literally against your religion, what are you doing?" <laughs> exactly.
0: Like my family is mostly Methodist, and so it's still very much like, "Why? Why would you? Why would they want that?" Like the whole, I don't know. The the thing would be to visit the grave, but with somebody being cremated, you don't really do that.
2: Yeah, unless you're one of those. Um, families that parts out the ashes
0: That's which is messy. a whole other thing that just sounds <laughs> messy if you drop any bit of a person I feel bad I just I don't know
2: oh yeah yeah and then it's that okay so now what yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like what That's, if someone wants, wants to like sprinkle it somewhere and someone else wants to keep it forever how does that work Oof.
0: I, I was gonna make a joke, but you know what? <laughs> I'm not gonna do it.
1: <laughs> Why not? Oh yeah, I was
0: gonna say hard. just burn something else and have more ashes, and then just <laughs> pretend. <laughs> I don't just throw more in there. I don't know. I mean, that sounds bad. That sounds terrible. But then, would yeah. you know?
2: The urn of Theseus, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: You like people might
2: oh well, that's great They. Yeah. <laughs> this is i mean it's it's the fun conversations where you learn all the best things i think
0: oh oh yeah, <laughs> yeah
2: yeah so yeah
0: so there's no no actual human cemetery there's a pet cemetery which i think is actually really cool it reminds me of the movie pet cemetery which is
2: creepy but that's fine um oh yeah it's it's a thing that um so working at the library there you you get used to this interesting like fluctuation uh, where three quarters of your year it's very quiet and you have a few like study researchers and it's it's a normal like research library atmosphere and then for these nine ten weeks of the summer you become like the most unique weird public library on earth basically. <laughs> Um, to kind of deal with the the summer traffic. Um, so you you get kind of creative with your programming and with things like that. Um, but one of the most common reasons that I got from groups of tourists for visiting was there is a, um, an episode of the show Supernatural that is about Lily Dale. <laughs> Seriously? That's oh, weird. yes.
0: Oh, I got to look this up now.
2: I haven't seen Supernatural uh, in so long. Season seven, the episode is oh. called "The Mentalists." Huh. Uh, so it's the only episode of the show I've ever seen because I had, <laughs> to, I had to know, I had to know what they were seeing yeah. and why they were asking these questions. <laughs> uh, so I, I watched it, and it was very clear that the person who, the people involved in making that episode, I don't think had ever set foot in the town. I think they maybe read a brochure and were like, that sounds awesome. (laughs) Of course.
1: (laughs) I feel like, like, for example, if anything, they should come to the town and check it out.
2: Oh, yeah. And we had a lot of really interesting folks do research at the library that were doing awesome creative projects. Like we've done, um, we've had horror movie directors in that are doing research on upcoming films i've done consultant work on a few horror movies which is pretty fun that actually sounds like a lot of fun cause...
1: yeah i was going i was just gonna say zoe <laughs> you have gotta t- t- get
2: off mute and say something what well, I'm, I'm a very big well, horror movie fan oh that's awesome like i i love to see it done well i love a spiritualist horror movie that's you know done accurately and maintains it i think it's so good um but the 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 supernatural episode like you will not find palm trees anywhere in (laughs) Lilydale oh yeah they're already starting off on the wrong foot come on (laughs) that's funny oh yeah yeah they they had some interesting touches like there was um like a a spoon bending mentalism murder that was pretty cool (laughs) what see I'm not
0: watching this I'm not I'm not watching this (laughs) No, <laughs> it is it is mm. so cheesy. So I don't cheesy. want be, I don't like being disappointed. So <laughs> <laughs> really, <laughs> no. That's yeah. I mean, what I guess when you talk about programming at the library, what was the programming of during the majority of the year
2: versus the season? So the majority of the year, there pretty much was none. Um, If there was something special happening, um, I would I would maybe do a thing like we had an eclipse event one year, um, but we we really didn't do a whole lot as far as programming went for for the regular citizens. um, As a lot of them go away for the winter. Uh, So the town population really drops dramatically. Uh, outside of the summer camp season um, it's it's very interesting as far as that goes uh, for the those three weeks before the summer season and like maybe two three weeks after it's a pretty full town um, and then people are starting to trickle in at the beginning and trickle out at the end but then by October you've you've basically got the the few dedicated folks that live there year-round and almost everybody else is somewhere else that they're warmer home and not facing a Western New York winter. (laughs) But snow is fun. Um. (laughs) It it can get pretty, uh, pretty ludicrous out here. There was definitely a winter where I had to snowshoe to work for a couple weeks. (laughs) Oh, that's yeah. That's not fun. Yeah. I I couldn't actually like drive in. So, so that was, that was odd. Um, That is one of the fun winter activities out here though. Uh, Lilydale is right on Casadega Lake. Uh, so it's this really beautiful uh, kind of like peanut shaped lake and Lilydale's is right in the middle skinny portion of the peanut. But there are ice fishing uh, cabins and that's a big thing you see mm. all winter are these little huts out on the ice with some uh, very, very dedicated person <laughs> waiting patiently, frozenly. <laughs>
0: That's a lot of waiting. I I regular fishing is a lot of waiting and I
1: like it, but ice fishing just sounds yeah. With all the research you've done, who would you have liked to have met from Lilydale's
2: history? So, oh man, it's a surprisingly long list. <laughs> um I would have absolutely loved to have met Marion Skidmore. She seemed like an absolutely headstrong and thoroughly fascinating woman. I I hope that she would see that kindred spirit in me and not stop at the blue hair and facial piercings and tattoos. <laughs>
1: <laughs> she would probably see you as like a trailblazer or something.
2: I mean, I, one would hope. One would hope. Um, I, I think another interesting fabulous person from lilydale i would like to have met is jack kelly uh who is may west's spiritual advisor what does that mean uh so may west is <laughs> oh so may west like the old film star like why don't you come west up and see me sometime i, like, I, I yeah, wasn't yeah. sure if that's who you're talking about okay oh yeah yeah so she used to actually come to lilydale regularly um, and he was her, like, personal medium and spiritual advisor. He would kind of give her guidance on career moves and things she was doing in life. Uh, and she funded pretty much uh, through donations the construction of one of the uh, Lilydale uh, healing temples. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Wow, that's, wow, that's insane. Um, but he sounded like an absolutely fascinating, just larger than life man. Um, He was an openly gay person. Uh, That is another really awesome thing about Lilydale is they have traditionally been extremely open about romantic relationships and romantic preferences. Uh, Historically within spiritualism, uh, there is, well, within spiritualism and free thought and all of these other uh, progressively social movements at the time, uh, one of the other ones was the free love movement Uh, which is basically the notion, not like 60s free love of like, ooh, orgies. Um, But like, you know, free love as in you can freely choose who you love. That's not an arranged partner for money.
0: (laughs) Well, that is pretty progressive for that time, yeah.
2: Right, right. Um, But they were, they didn't have like caps or limits on what that meant. So you could be in a gay relationship you could be a lesbian you could have more than one partner and that didn't matter um which for like the 1890s is you know something that we wouldn't expect
0: (laughs) it's funny because though mormon well i say mormonism but like the church of latter-day saints also got their start in upstate new york Um, oh yeah 40 miles apart yeah and, and like, in the beginning, what is it, um, Palmyra? Yep. Yeah, because there were a lot of different sort of, like, um, communities, like, sort of, you know, different ideas floating around in New York. New York seems to be, like, the hub at the time of these sort of, like, communities.
2: Oh, yeah, because I think it's kind of the crossroads between um, – like as far as the 13 colonies, that's kind of you know, centrally located between the Great Lakes and the ocean uh, at both ends of the state. So you really have like sea traffic on or port traffic on both sides. Um, and you've really got this massive cross-section of ideas that's really located in New York. Um, so yeah, it's but it's interesting to see that, that sort of progression and that sort of um, just pure openness. Uh, like two of the more um, major mediums that were at Lilydale were a pair called the Campbell Brothers. Uh, in reality, they were the Campbell husbands, um, but they were oh, yes, that yeah, <laughs> is a twist. Yes, uh, so that's that's how they presented themselves to the public. But in Lilydale, they freely shared a house together. They owned their home together. That's where they ran their um, mediumship practice out of. And what they were really known for was highly detailed spirit paintings, uh, which are paintings that are produced through a seance. Hmm. Interesting.
0: So kind of like on the level of automatic writing, but an actual painting.
2: Yes. 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 Um, And I have seen fabulous pictures of their house and the seance room in which they did these paintings. Um, So let me tell you, it is an ancient Egyptian themed room with like huge hieroglyphic columns and velvet drapes. And it is the most lavish thing I have ever seen with my eyes. (laughs) Really? Wow. That's pretty cool. Oh, they're they're amazing. Um, wow. But they they did some really great art. Uh, a lot of their art is still on display throughout Lilydale to this day. You can see it in the hotel. Uh, you can also see one in the library. Um, they have it is a spirit painting of Wilhelm or Kaiser Wilhelm II. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. Not
0: sure why, <laughs> but there he is. I, I noticed you said hotel, so that means there's one hotel in Lilydale.
2: Uh, so there's one inside of the gate in the middle of town, and then there is another one on the other side of the gate that is still, I I believe, operated by Lilydale. Uh, so the, the Maplewood Hotel is the main one that's in the middle of town. Um, it's a really fascinating building. Um, so it started originally as the town horse stable, and they actually used this wild technique called hung suspension architecture or hung suspension um which basically they disconnect the bottom of the building from the ground and use a team of horses and pulleys to raise the building up and build floors under it so like the first floor is now the second and then they do it again and it's now the third wow. and they do it again and it's the fourth <laughs> that's pretty cool yeah Oh yeah, the the very top floor of the Maplewood—you can actually still see where the horse stalls were. Wow, I have to check that out. Oh, it's it's pretty crazy. Uh, it's it's fascinating, and you just like what what ingenuity, what wild ingenuity back then. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Is Lilydale sort of known for having all these historical artifacts um, that pertain to the town? Um, how many? people, like how much traffic does the library or the museum get on a regular basis?
2: Uh, so I know in the summer, both get pretty busy. Um, one of the things that the library does is every morning they have a short documentary that they show about the history of Lilydale. Uh, it's free, it's open to everybody. Uh, so that that's usually kind of the start of it. You get a ton of people that just zoom in in the morning. Uh, Usually when I would be in the in the mornings to open the building up, there'd be a small cluster of people using the Wi-Fi on their laptops. (laughs) Uh, So that was always good. Um, But I'd say during the summer uh, in a nine week span, I would get about. Two thousand, three thousand patrons easily uh, just in those nine weeks and then the rest of the year, I'd probably get 75, maybe. (laughs) So summertime is pretty much when everything goes on. Um, But outside the season, when it was really slow, that's when we would get like, you'd get a researcher that would come in, you know, I'm staying for three weeks. I I would like to see these materials. Okay, there you go. Um, So that was always kind of interesting. That's always when I would have project time. So that would be when I would catalog Um, or when I would look at other projects in the library, like sorting out the archive collection or digitizing things, Um, because we had a really fabulous partnership with a wonderful group. Uh, They're called IAPSOP, uh, the International Association for the Preservation of Spiritualist and Occult Periodicals. Uh, They have a massive online digital library that is free to access, and it is hundreds of spiritualist newspapers uh, and pamphlets and magazines that they have that this wonderful group of dudes go to libraries all over the world to just mass digitize spiritualist materials and put them someplace where you know they're findable and usable Uh, so it's really noble effort and i was always happy to help them whenever i could When you visit Lilydale, be sure to look outside of the the usual offerings because there are some really amazing things there. They have beautiful nature trails um, that the Leolin Woods that you walk through on the way to get to the stump, um, to the inspiration stump, that is where um, that's an old growth, like primordial forest. So there are like humongous and rare types of trees in there like cucumber magnolias and like just gorgeous humongous specimens um but it's it's a really beautiful town um so in, enjoy it and take it in when you're there
1: it was interesting to get the perspective of somebody who lives there and who's a medium but it's also really interesting to understand
2: the history of it from a historian's perspective Absolutely. Um, it's it's a really fascinating history to study. There are so many rabbit holes and so many absolutely fascinating people uh, in that entire history. Um, and I, I thoroughly recommend exploring it. It's It's a, there's something for everybody to be interested in really and truly.
1: Thanks for doing the work and, you know, getting this information out there. Thank you for thanking me. That's
2: awesome. <laughs> I mean you you come this from a librarian angle and like I'm just doing my job that's what I'm here for (laughs) but it's it's nice to know when that work is appreciated it really is
1: yeah Yeah, thank
2: you yeah sorry go ahead sorry no go ahead go
1: I was just saying especially with how much information like how little information we could find about lucidio so yeah
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's, it's not as mysterious as, um, the internet may make it out to be. It's, it's really just a, a fun little small town with a whole lot of purple houses that are absolutely beautiful in their own unique ways. Um, and yeah, yeah, it would, it, it deserves to have more known about its history and everything that it's kind of done for this area.
0: Thank you so much for telling us
2: all about Lily Dale,
0: um and the work that you did while working at the library. We really appreciate it.
2: Thank you, Mandy. You're, you're very welcome. Thank you for having me. Sure.
0: Well, that's going to do for episode 6. Thanks for joining us. As always, like, follow, subscribe on social media. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. We're even on threads now. So check us out there as well. You can find us wherever you get your podcast. We'll see you next time.